Please stand, if you are able, for our gospel reading today, which comes from Luke's gospel in chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, well, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, well, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And so, likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever more you spend. And so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Today, Jesus' teaching brings him into conversation with a lawyer who has all the right answers, but not eternal life. He thinks he does, though. And this is perhaps the most unfortunate thing about the lawyer. He's not really looking to change. He's not seeking with his heart or yearning. Instead, he's posturing. He wants to test Jesus and in so doing, make himself feel good. The lawyer already knows the answers to his questions. 
And he's not really interested in Jesus' answer. He just wants to know that Jesus agrees with him. As Richard Rohr says, the lawyer doesn't want to love God. He wants to love himself. And so when the lawyer asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? We can assume that he already knows the answer to this question as well. He perhaps has a long list of people who he believes he must be neighborly to in accordance with the 613 Jewish laws. And perhaps he also has an extensive formula for exactly how and when he must be neighborly. What the boundaries of his neighborliness are to be. So maybe he will be neighborly pretty much all the time, except when there are dogs barking after 10 p.m. In which case, all bets are off, because at this point he begins to think about how he can get rid of the dog without anyone connecting him to the crime. Or maybe he will be neighborly as long as everyone follows the rules as set forth by the Neighborhoods Homeowners Association. No yard art, grass no higher than six inches, no street parking, please. Trash cans removed from the street by 8 p.m. on the day of trash pickup. Jesus is certainly a reasonable man. He He surely agrees with the lawyer, right? But Jesus can see that the lawyer's questions and presumed answers miss the point. And so Jesus tells a story. A story that is among the most familiar of all Jesus' stories, the parable of the Good Samaritan. How tempting it is for us to hear Jesus' parable in the same way the lawyer asked the questions. To quickly prescribe or regurgitate answers that help us feel good before God. Because we've thought about this, right? I mean, I have some pretty good answers about who my neighbor is and what the boundaries of my neighborliness are. We in the church over the last 2,000 years have worked pretty hard at this. And not necessarily with the wrong motives. We've tried to be kind to the people we are supposed to be kind to. To help the people we're supposed to help. To do the good we are supposed to do. And I'm not here today to say this is wrong. 
But in the same way that Jesus was looking for something more from the expert in the law, maybe he is looking for something more in us. A lot of the scholarly work done on this parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan in kind of the mid to late 20th century, refers to this parable as what's called an example story. So an example story is a literary form that has a straightforward purpose. The example story gives a direct example that is to be imitated or avoided. So when we read Jesus' story about the Good Samaritan as an example story, we've got some pretty straightforward directives. Be like the Samaritan. Show mercy. Don't be like the priest and the Levite. Don't pass by on the other side when you see those who need mercy. But when we hear the story in this way as an example story with this sort of moral prescription for neighborliness, I think it's tempting for us to still operate on the same level the lawyer was with Jesus. So still on this level where we're really just loving ourselves by putting limits on what it means to be a neighbor. Laws, definitions, limits of duty, five-point plans that we can follow. All of these can be ways that we substitute mercy with obedience that we feel like is somehow proof of our faith. I think to stay on this level with the parable of the Good Samaritan sorely misses the point. I have hope that Jesus is looking for something more in us than rule following. The world is certainly looking for something more. If the moral of the Good Samaritan story is simply to be neighborly, then why not tell it the other way around? A despised Samaritan beaten and thrown in a ditch, a priest and Levite pass him by, and then a willing Jewish man stop and offer help. If the intended moral were for the lawyer to simply be neighborly, then telling the story with the character switched around would clearly show the lawyer his place as good neighbor in the drama, the Jewish man who stops to help even the despised Samaritan. If the purpose of the Good Samaritan story were simply a way to kind of gussy up a moral lesson, then it really wouldn't seem to fit the nature of Jesus' teachings, which are anything but simple and are much more than rules for faith. 
As one scholar says, no one would crucify a teacher who told pleasant stories to enforce prudential morality. The moral of Jesus' story is not simply a lesson on imitating the Good Samaritan and not imitating the priest and the Levite. The truth of Jesus' story is that loving our neighbors is not just about doing good, but about having the kind of compassion that changes us, that converts us. The sense of mercy that makes it such that we can no longer hide behind layers of calculated duty or self-important obedience. But instead, we must cross the road and cross the boundary lines of our comfort zones and draw near to the one in need of mercy. The truth of the parable strikes the lawyer not when he imagines the deeds of the Good Samaritan, but when he, in his imagination, surveys the story and realizes he does not see himself in the face of the Samaritan. He does not see himself in the faces of the priest or the Levite. It is when he realizes that he can only look to the man in the ditch, the one who is lying naked and beaten and vulnerable unto death, this man who, without life-saving mercy, will meet a cruel end. It is when he realizes that he is the man in the ditch that he understands the truth of Jesus' teaching. When the lawyer finds his place in the story, he also finds Jesus' place in the story. Jesus is the man who fell among thieves. The Christ figure in the parable is the man who fell among thieves, beaten and abandoned. When we see Jesus in this way, and when we start to think about it, we can see the allusions to Jesus' coming death. He will be crucified between thieves after he is beaten and abandoned. Jesus will be rejected by the Jewish religious leaders in the same way the priest and the Levite passed by the man in the ditch. Reading the parable in this way, seeing Jesus in this way, fits 
in the bigger picture of Luke's gospel. At this point in the gospel of Luke, Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem. And he's begun to try and explain to the disciples what is going to happen to him there. That he will undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, be killed, and on the third day be raised. So seeing Jesus as the man in the ditch foreshadows Jesus' coming passion in Jerusalem. Seeing Jesus as the man who fell among thieves also shows us the very nature of God throughout Scripture and history. Where is God? But among the suffering, the downtrodden, among those who are robbed of their humanity, among those who are in need of mercy. The parable of the Good Samaritan is kind of a turning point in Luke's gospel. And if we see Jesus as, in the story, the one who fell among thieves, we begin to see what it looks like to minister to Christ in his sufferings. The Good Samaritan ministers to the Christ figure by having compassion on him and going to great lengths to show him love and care. So we have this example of the Good Samaritan in this part of Luke chapter 10. And then in just a few verses, Mary will minister to Christ by sitting at his feet and listening to his teaching. So as Luke's gospel unfolds, we see that this is the mark of true discipleship. One who follows Jesus in his passion and ministers to him in his suffering. The truth of the parable of the Good Samaritan strikes us when we're able to survey the story and we can see ourselves as the one who is lying in the ditch in need of mercy. And that is when we understand compassion. The truth of the parable clicks for us when we find Jesus where he always seems to be popping up, on the margin. The God who is bearing human suffering right there with us. Yes, Jesus is looking and longing and working for something much more than calculated neighborliness in us. Jesus is inviting us to join him on this 
rocky and difficult way of love without condition. Forgiveness that overcomes what divides us. And compassion that allows us to see one another for who we really are. Human. Which is to be created and loved by God. Jesus invites us to bear the risks and the pain of this way. Trusting that on the other side, our difficulty and striving indeed gives way to new life. When we join Jesus on this way of love and forgiveness and compassion that does not know boundaries or limits, if we have eyes to see, we will be changed. The way we see the world will change. The way we see each other will change. I'd like to share with you a story about my grandfather and an experience that changed his life in profound ways. An experience that changed my mother's life. And an experience that over the course of my life has played a significant role in shaping and reshaping me on this journey of compassion. My mother grew up in rural South Carolina on a farm. And some of my grandfather, who's Papa Byron, some of his best friends were the men who worked the farm. In 1969, when my mother was six years old, one of my Papa Byron's best friends, Ronzi Miller, who was a farmhand, was badly injured in a tractor accident. And so they took Ronzi to the local hospital where the staff parked his stretcher in the hallway and let him bleed to death. The way my mother tells the story, they said it was because he was black and poor and uninsured. My mother vividly remembers later that day my Papa Byron standing in their living room, looking out at that spot in the field, which was visible from the front of their house, that spot where Ronzi was injured. 
And he was overwhelmed with emotion. My mother says this is one of three times she saw her father cry. And it was like none before or after. I never saw my daddy cry like that again. The story of Ronzi Miller's death so deeply informs the way that I read the parable of the Good Samaritan. Because where is Jesus in Ronzi's dying moments? But right there on that stretcher with him. I never got to meet my Papa Byron, and I really wish I had. He died too soon. But he has taught me some of the greatest lessons of my life. Perhaps the greatest of which is that loving our neighbors is being moved by compassion in a way that changes us and makes it so that we must cross the boundary lines of our comfort zones and draw near to those who are in need and go to great lengths to show love and care Because this is the way that we have been loved by God. Jesus asked, Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell among thieves? And the lawyer answers, cannot even bear to say the name of the Samaritan, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus replied, Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise.